0: This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, presented by McConnell Automotive, on Sports Radio 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the WNSP app. The Dew Sweepers is also brought to you by the Taylor Martino Rowan Law Firm, Stokely Garden Express, Taco Mama, and Strixon Cleveland Golf. Now, stepping up to the tee, here's Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Dew Sweepers. I'm your host once again, here as I am each and every week on the Dew Sweeper Lesson T, Tony Ruggiero, with all of the information you need to play better golf. I've got a great show for you in store today from a sit-down. Uh, I'll go into that in just a minute, but uh, summer's here. We're just uh, returning from a couple of our VIP camps. Uh, lots lots going on in the golf world. We got uh, LPGA uh, had the... Uh, Ladies U.S. Open, women's U.S. Open last week out at Pebble was a great finish. You obviously had the John Deere last week. Now the men are over in Scotland. There's also an opposite field event. I'm not sure if they still call it an opposite field event up in Kentucky at the Barbasol, which years back used to be right up the road from us in Auburn, Alabama. But uh, um, <clears throat> anyways, I've been to that stop plenty of times. Always uh, always a good time. And you got the Corn Ferry event going. Next week is the Open Championship, so... Lots, uh, while the Corn Ferry heads to Springfield, which is where I'll be going. So lots going on in the golf world. Uh, you're right in the heart of amateur events going on. It, locally, you've got the Woody Woodall Invitational, which is a mid-amateur event that uh, Michael Johnson, Austin Henson, and a bunch of the folks out at uh, Country Club of Mobile have are putting on. And it is a really cool event, a uh, very good event, lots of lots of good mid-am. I think one of the strengths of our area here is Mobile's highly underrated for how good the golfers are and the players are and also for how good the mid-am players and I know that uh the Miller Lite Tour and the or the Scratch Tour's d- done a good job giving those guys locally a place to play and it certainly shows when you see the quality of the golf uh so you got a lot of a lot of good players out at the Country Club of Mobile in the mid-am this is coming after the stadium a few weeks ago so some good stuff going on there before we get into the rest of the golf and the show. I want to remind all of you that uh, I hope you don't need an attorney. hope you don't uh, ever have to have one, but should you, it's just like picking your golf instructors. You're going to go to the Dew Sweepers. You're going to go to the Golf Digest Top 50, Golf Magazine Top 100 page. Find out who's ranked the best. Well, when it comes to legal representation, you're going to go to Taylor, Martino, and Rowan, our good friend Ed Rowan he's passionate about his golf game but he's more passionate about winning and getting you what you're entitled to they've got the best resources they've got they've had the big, biggest and best track record and the most success uh and it's super easy to get a hold of them i was just going actually i was when i was looking for this or thinking about this, I went on the online, you can go to taylormartino.com. That's taylormartino.com. You know, you don't even have to pick up the phone. You can live chat with them, and they'll give you some info. So taylormartino.com, live chat with them, or you can call 1-800-256-7728. It's 1-800-256-7728. Look, taylormartino.com, Taylor Martino and our buddy Ed Rowan. I mean, they're going to fight for you. They're going to get you what you're entitled to. So if you need legal representation, check out Taylor Martino and Rowan at taylormartino.com. Um, but now uh, we're going to jump in <clears throat> to the uh, on Cleveland Golf Tip of the Week. Uh, by the way, that, I mean – We're selling the heck out of uh, Z-Star Diamond Balls, the ones that Brooke and so many, Lucas Glover, who I worked with for five and a half years, is playing the same ball, playing great right now. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, selling the heck out of them. they got an unbelievable golf ball. But uh, tip of the week, and this this, the show today, you're going to hear more about it, is is really kind of geared towards improving performance. And I think one of the ways that you can most improve performance is 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 uh, one is to practice better. And from my years, whatever it was, nine, 10 years out at the country club where I'd sit and I'd watch folks line up on the tee and practice or when I'm at Old Palm and I take my, peek my head out the building and you watch the members and the guests practicing, Like one, they're just hitting balls and they don't have a rhyme or a reason. So if you want to improve performance, practice better, okay? And I'm going to give you a tip here. I use this all the time. I had a girl, Erica Shepard, who's playing the LPGA event this week. Uh, um, super talented girl, just starting a professional career. Uh, awesome to work with. But, like, take 20 balls. Do a ball count. Take out, Count out three stacks of 20. So you put 20 in one stack, 20 in another, 20 in a third. And so whatever it is you're working on, and I, I'm going to use uh, her for an example. But So the first 20, we're working on some – separation out of the top. We're working on sequence out of the top, getting a good deep backswing. So we have we have her do this pause drill where you turn to the top, get loaded into your trail side, stop, make a complete stop, then unwind and, and hit the ball. Usually do this off a of low tee, right? Uh, and we have sticks down for aim and ball position. So I would have her do 20 of those, okay? And when you do those 20, you're not particularly – concerned with where they go how good the contact is you're more concerned with developing a feel and an understanding of what you're working on then you come to the second 20 and then for her the second 20 would be your aim stick down and then somewhere 10 15 yards out in front of the ball between directly between the ball and the target did this with curtis thompson a, a week ago down at old palm put this in the ground and and the whole idea is to Start the ball online over the stick and curve it the direction you want. Okay. So for her, she's left handed. She wants to hit a draw. She works on starting it to the left, curving it back towards that stick. Okay. So it's working on start line and curve. Uh, you also can, in those 20, hit some that curve the other way. I think that's fantastic as well. So you've got 20 balls doing the pause drill or doing whatever drill your teacher wants you to do. The second 20 would be more geared towards starting it online, controlling the curve, which helps you match up path and face. And then the third 20, I would tell you to take away all of your sticks and to change clubs each and every shot. Okay, Pick a different target, different club, go through your routine and hit a shot. And on this third 20, that's kind of where you evaluate, hey, how how good was it? Am I hitting shots? And what this does is it breaks what you're working on down into – Different components get you more hyper focused on the specific thing and then allows you to start learning to transfer that to what you've got to do on the golf course, which is hit a different shot, different club every, you know, you know, every stroke. So I love that. And if you take 60 balls and you broke them up like that, that would be a good hour, hour over an hour, probably an hour and 15, 20 minutes worth of practice. But you would have only hit six balls, but you would have had real clear intent. You would have been hyper-focused, and then you would have worked on hitting golf shots. So love that. Next thing to do, do combine work. You can do it on a track man or a quad uh, or just create games with yourself. Uh, we have some. Uh, my good friend Brady Riggs, who's on the rest of the show, is going to discuss some of that, where you keep score. Play games and practice where you keep score. That helps you transfer it to the golf course. And then lastly, I would put uh, – Practice on the golf course in the evenings. It stays light till eight o'clock, eight eight thirty. Go ahead out there on the golf course, and instead of just hitting balls, take two balls and go and go play. Play a worst ball scramble with yourself, where you hit two shots. You got to go play the worst one. See what kind of score you can you can shoot. And and then lastly, when you get the opportunity, even if it's to go out there in the evening for a few holes, if there's somebody around that's a much better player than you. Go up and ask them, hey, you want to play a few holes? Amazing what you can learn from being around better players. I do this with all my juniors, with Zach Zucker, uh Tom Lovelady, Rick Lamb, all of them play with our juniors, and even our adults that come to the retreats. It's how you learn. And that, my friends, will help you improve your performance. That's the Shrixon. Cleveland golf, tip of the week. And uh, like we've been doing the la- a lot over the last month is – you know the content that we're putting out here the we've focused a good deal as the as the landscape of golf instruction changes and as we have been fortunate to have more and more national exposure to what we're doing we're putting out more and more content and One of that is the tour coach, which has been my uh, pet project for for several years, four or five years now. Uh, And uh, we're having some great guests, great discussions. The quality of it's getting better and better and better, especially thanks to Clint here at WNSP. And so this week, uh, we're going to play for you a tour coach uh, that we just have put out, we're putting out, uh, which is Brady Riggs, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher, teaches Danielle Kang again, developed her at an early stage. In her career, um, and we're going to talk about us teaching together, as well as really keys to transfers from range to golf course and how to improve performance. Kind of how to, kind of how to look at your entire game and improve performance. So, if you're a serious golfer here, you're going to love this episode of the Dew Sweepers, which is from the Tour Coach. So, if you like what you hear here on uh, with m- myself and Brady, and you like the Tour Coach. Go check out the Tour Coach wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Google, all of your major places. So, check out the Tour Coach. You can also check out our video content series, Pro Work. There's five episodes out, more coming, and it's available for you on YouTube. Just uh, type in Pro Work on YouTube, and it's a great, fantastic behind the ropes, in, inside the ropes, behind the scenes look at our golf instruction and how golfers of all skill levels can get better. So I'm Tony Ruggiero here on the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. We're going to be right back with Brady Riggs and more help for
0: your golf game. Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Ruggiero.
1: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. I want to remind you that this segment of the Dew Sweepers is brought to you by Stokely's Midtown Garden Center. If you want your yard to look like the best golf courses and the prettiest places in the world, you've got to go to Stokely's Midtown Garden Center right there at the Loop on Government. My favorite place to shop. I love to wander around there. They've done a great job providing stuff for us to make our deck. Front front porch, back porch look good. They've got water fountains. They got everything you need to make your place look like the place everybody wants to hang out. And also, Blaine Stokely's a huge sponsor and big supporter here of the Dew Sweepers. He's even got some great Shrixon equipment. So check out Stokely's Midtown Garden Center. You're now going to sit down and listen to a conversation I've had with Brady Riggs on performance and helping elevate all aspects of your game to shoot lower scores. This is from the Tour Coach Podcast. If you like what you're listening to with me and Brady, please go check out the Tour Coach wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so joining me here on the Tour Coach is my good friend and one of the great instructors in the game from out in Los Angeles, California. I've gotten to see him more in the last couple months probably than I have in the last few years for sure, and we're going to see each other, going to teach again in Philly coming up in a few weeks, Mr. Brady Riggs. Brady, what is up, bud?
2: Tony, you are my man, and uh, it's always nice to reconnect with the Southern guy. Uh, Got to see you at L.A. That was awesome at the Open. We're just hanging in Florida you know, I always become a better teacher when I get to hang out with you, and I think that we feel feel likewise about that. We learn so much from each other.
1: Well, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, um, you know, just, you know, see where it takes us. But I, we, we meant to do this. I wanted to do it while we were together down at Old Palm last week. But, heck, you know, having all those folks in town and working all day and then trying to run and grab dinner and then I have too much wine, all those things. Makes it difficult to get the podcast done. So I said, you know what, we'll just sit on the phone here. But, uh, you know, I've always thought, um, he, you know, that two heads are better than one. Or that, you know, I've always thought that anytime you can get an opinion from somebody that sees things, you know, in a similar manner but comes like comes to it from a different way, is healthy for helping a student – and you know i just have a blast you know the and i think it's one of the reasons i like teaching down there at old palm with hack so much is you know you know he'll sit there and watch and then you'll just start talking and and he comes at it from a different view but you know i love the opportunity when we've had the uh, had the chance to to do some teaching together i think it's healthy as a teacher and i also think it's a huge benefit for the instructor
2: I couldn't agree more. I think when I was younger, of course, thinking I knew everything, whatever, and I didn't know much, I would have felt like anybody who had a different opinion was wrong, <laughs> and I think as you know, we get further along in the business, we realize we don't know nearly as much as we thought we did, and the smarter we get, the more we want to hear other opinions, because we want to steal from those teachers that we know are successful. And it's just great hanging out because you do come at it differently than I do. And I I love that, you know, you've got fitness involved and how you're using bands and strength work to, to change things. Uh, I think it's such an advantage. And I wish I would have been smarter, younger and asked for help sooner because I think it would have been better off.
1: Well, I think the other thing, too, is, um, it, you know, I, I think all of us to an extent, like, you know, I, I've obviously over the last decade, seven years to decade, you know, I think we're molded by like the people that were around right every day. Sure. And certainly, um, you know, I look at where I started early in my career with Hank and, and then Wayne so much. And, you know, that was like a huge influence on my teaching. And then as you know, in the last decade, uh, you know, starting to do stuff with Colby and, and, and Morgan and now Aaron, uh, you start, you know, you, you start seeing how that helped make folks, uh, you know, especially like, look, let's face it. Like we're, we're always looking with tour guys for anything that's going to help keep us from getting fired for a month. Right. And you start seeing numbers change and get better speed go up and you started seeing people learn things faster. I was like, okay, I've gone down that road, but, and, And I've had, you know, knock on wood, I haven't messed anybody up too dang bad. And it's helped me and it's become a big part of my teaching, understanding the body. But like to me, you know, with your background, I think, you know, you start doing that all the time. And sometimes like it's just human nature, I think, to be a little myopic, like where you look at things the same way. So to me, it's refreshing to bring somebody that you know is great at what they do, that you trust a tremendous amount. Has the student's best interest at heart, isn't trying to become famous off of helping somebody, all of those things. I think it's really healthy to share videos, ideas, and thoughts. And then the other part too is like, I think it's okay, and we could use more of this, like to be able to say, hey, it's okay for people to have different views or different ideas about ways to get things. And it doesn't mean either person's wrong.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's the difference. That's the shift, I think, as a teacher. There's more than one way to teach somebody right? and help them become good. And there's probably more than one way to fix certain parts of the swing. And I think we get really good at fixing it the way that works for us, right? right. Because we fix players that way. So you end up like, well, this is how I fix that. But there may be somebody else that's equally good fixing it a different way mm-hmm. that you never thought of. And it's possible, and I'd say more than likely, that if you could do both, you'd probably get to more players and help them faster, even though you're really good at doing it your way. No question. And I think that's the benefit of being with somebody who's successful as a teacher, looking at a similar problem and watching them do it differently and go, wow, okay, that, that really worked. I mean, I just remember being in the Bay with you this last trip, and we were talking about you know, a, a path problem. Mm-hmm. And you had a student, you know, had the bands on the legs and I wouldn't have gone about it that way, you know, and and you're working on speed. And the second that you had the bands on and you're working with them, instantly the path got better and he hit it further. I was like, wow, that was, that was really cool. And it wasn't an opinion. We saw it, you know, based on right. the numbers come on off track, man. And I would not have gone that route. And it made me think, man, I, I should probably be looking more in that direction, too, because that was very effective. And while my way might work too, why isn't there a better way? Why can't I learn that one?
1: Yeah, but you know, like, too, though, so like we had another student where, you know, the, the path, uh, you know, was a younger girl, um, super, you know, talented, but the, you know, the club was too much out to in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've gotten, you know, I obviously teach a lot of pivot and, you know, using a lot of the bands, trying to change path and different things with, with the body mechanics and and you laid a stick down there. Right. And I had this flashback. I was like, man, I, heck I've done that before. And it instantly helped. Right. Cool. And uh, you know, where you had the the stick at an angle and showed her where, and I think that goes too to the point though, that like, you know, there's a lot of different ways to fix people. And the more, you know, our old friend, Mike Adams always talks about having more tools in the toolbox. Right. And I think the more, and, and that's what, to me, teaching with different people that, that are great is about, is like sometimes, like to me, Brady, sometimes it isn't so, you do something that's radically new I've never thought of. It's just like I've forgotten to use the dang thing in a while,
2: yeah, right? That's true. That's so true. I mean, I think that's, you get, you sort of get in in a direction, right, with some momentum, and then that's the only way you're going to mm-hmm. because you've been on that train and it's like, wow, I used to fix that this way. That also worked. Yeah. You know, maybe I should do that a little bit more. I, that's the great thing about, it and I think why we still love teaching is we're always learning and we know that we can get better. You know, it's like golf. I mean, we all of us think that we can play better. We can all think we can hit it better, putt better. So we're constantly stretching ourselves to try and find that place. That's just better technically to help us become better players. And I don't, think that teaching's any different than that. I think we all want to become better and, and get things done quicker and make it easier on the student, try to explain it in a more simple way and find the best way to build the mousetrap. And it's it's such an advantage having, you know, with with, with Hack there and you there, myself, we had we, we just had so many brains working on the same problem. And it was really fun. I just really enjoy it. I always do.
1: No, it was a ton of fun. And and I think one of the things that is a little unique about the way the stuff was structured. And and I think I've, you know, and I've picked up a bunch of this over the years from you is like, you know, it's one thing to make people swing better. And, and, I mean, you and I have had many a beer and many a conversation about, you know, numbers and making things look good in a Petri dish and teaching in a Petri dish. Um, It's another thing to help people do it on the golf course. Right, and so you know, over the years of our friendship and and you know watching you and the success you've had and 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 then watching what tour players do i've I think it's important to teach people how to practice has been a big part of of things that i've you know I've tried to do and and helping them understand that, and I thought that that was a really cool part of what we did with these folks this weekend was. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just teaching somebody how to practice it, and more importantly, how to apply stuff they're doing and figuring out how to get around the golf course.
0: I, I
2: couldn't agree more. You know, if you look at putting, which I was, I did the last day,
1: and that was cool. That was cool to me. Yeah, it was great because I didn't touch a, a single
2: stroke out there. I did not touch anybody's stroke. You know, all I did was I set up different. You know, I set up the putting plate so they could start it on the line. I taught them how to use that, what to look for, kind of how to set it up three steps from the fringe uphill and straight, so you're only working on the distance, not putting towards the hole with the plate out.
1: And, and why why do you calls. do that? If you know, for for, for you know, because we got a lot, we got a lot of teachers listening to this. We've also mm-hmm. got a lot of golfers. that Obviously, if they're listening to you and I, or they're up early. I mean, they're, they want to get better. Why do you do it without a hole? I, I love that aspect of it. And, and I think folks would benefit from this.
2: Well, I kind of think it's, it's similar to why sometimes working indoors at a studio or into a net is the best way to mer- work on mechanics, because if you don't see the result, you're not judging your progress based on the result. You can actually get better quicker, I think. So when I've got a plate down, I'm working with a student on their on their mechanics, or just telling I just want you to start this ball online. That's all I care about. And we, I usually go three steps from the fringe because about a nine footer. I like that length of stroke to work on, and no hole there. They're just working on the distance that they're hitting it. Now their only goal is get it through the gate. That's the only goal. I don't care if it goes in a hole or not because we're not putting to one. But then they can focus on that. And I think it's really important that people don't blend working technically on something with looking at a result Mm. those two things are often contradictory so if i tell you know i tell students all the time if you're going to practice with the stick down on the range it tells me that you're working on your technique your mechanic you might even be working on your aim but it tells me that you're in a conscious space where you're thinking technically a little bit if you pull the stick away now i want to see a routine i want to see a target i want you to visualize a shot that now is a results oriented practice and i think with putting I put the plate down so people can warm up, work on their mechanics, get it started through the gate. And then I want them to do a combine, which I did a three foot, six foot, nine foot combine. So that now I want to see the full routine. I want you to use the line on the ball. If you do that, I want you to mark it. I want you to take the number of practice strokes you take. And I want you to keep score because now we're, we're doing a game. We want to see results come out. And I really try to structure structure practice in terms of either it's technique oriented or it's result oriented. And I want the student to be able to define those spaces because I really think people hold themselves back by trying to do them at the same time.
1: This is Tony Ruggiero, and you've been listening to part of the Tour Coach Podcast here on the Dew Sweepers Golf Show with Brady Riggs. We'll be right back with more from Brady Riggs, more help for your golf game here on WNSP.
0: is the Dew sweepers golf show live on 105.5 fm and wnsp.com keep it in the fairway with golf digest top 50 and golf magazine top 100 instructor tony ruggiero and i, I think you'd
1: be proud of me for this thing i'm gonna tell the story i'm gonna tell you so the uh, young girl i teach making her pro debut mm-hmm. as a, on the uh, for an LPGA Pro Start this week. And I shared some nice. v- videos with you over the weekend. And anyways, and, you know, I kept saying, man, like, you know, your golf swings, you know, to me is looking better and better, right? I mean, and, and yeah, I'm just watching videos, watched a couple of FaceTimes and, you know, but I'm getting, Oh, this ball's going left. It's going left. It's going right. You know, it's terrible. And, and, and I, I asked her, you know, one I had her go do a ball count and put twenty balls down, and then another pile of twenty, and then a third pile of twenty, and so you wouldn't couldn't just race through hitting right. Just keep hitting balls till you thinking you're going to find what you're hitting. And I and I had her break. You know, the first twenty I had her do, you know, a kind of a drill where she turned to the back, stopped, and then turned through to clean up some sequence. Uh, you know, and it's something else on the second, and then and then on the third was just. I said, I want you to, you know, put a stick down for aim and I want you to put another stick on the target line out there. And I just want you to, I just want you to hit big hooks and big fades, mm. you know, and then, because we haven't been able to start it online and haven't been able to control the curve. And then I Facetime today and, and I just said, you know, Hey, I want you to, all right, you know, st- if she, well, they're all starting left they're all starting left and they're not drawing. Okay. Well, you got to get the face. Then if, then the face isn't square to that, to that path or isn't, you know, slightly close to that path. So you got to do more of that. And by the end, we hit a bunch of really good shots. Now I don't know what, you know, what anybody's going to shoot this week, but I thought it was I thought about you after I was done. I was like, cause you know, I think sometimes we try to make the golf swing, perfect Brady for them, right? Like they're at a tournament, sure. they're struggling. You and I coached Brandon Hagee, some together for a while. Like, like, you know, everybody wants it to be perfect. And and I think that there's a lesson in there for sometimes like it doesn't need to be perfect to win a golf tournament or to be competitive or to play good golf. And we've also known people that have really swings that we'd say are almost perfect that can't break an egg.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think what you just described, what it sounds like try to get players before they go to a tournament to be on the range with me. And I have these really cool two tall pine trees totally mm-hmm. like maybe a hundred yards out. And, and each one of them has like the left side of the pine has this weird hole in it, you know, where it's kind of like you can see through to the 200 sign and then the right side looks like an L mm-hmm. and so I'll have players curve it through those spaces, you know, and then the top of the pines are really tall. So I'll say, Hey, what club do you think you can hit over those from here? And then we will have to hit it over that. And I want them to hit a draw around the right side. It just, I want them to get into a creative space before they go play an event so they can be hitting shots instead of sitting on the range with me with, you know, a video or a launch monitor and trying to be perfect. Like you said, I just, I don't think people play well. Perfect. I think people play well when they're using their imagination and they're able to kind of get the shot to do basically what they had intended. Mm-hmm. And that often isn't a perfect swing. You know, I mean, I'd rather see a guy come in you know, if we were using a launch monitor I'd Rather see him three three left face six left path hitting a big cut and sitting on zeros and ones and having no idea which way it was going to go at any moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just, I want that creative mind at work and I want people to be playing golf. And in practice, I want them to be playing also so that they're not just so caught up in what it looks like at P three,
0: who cares?
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's a lesson for people when it comes to performance and is, you know, uh, you said so good about the putting, you know, like, Hey, we're not putting it a hole. Cause we're not, we're not trying to make putts. We're not keeping score. This is about mechanics and you've got to do the same when it comes to your full swing. Um, talk a little bit about, I, I, I want to get into the combines because I love your combines. I share them with folks that really want to get good, that want to learn how to practice, uh, I think it's really good for helping people transfer. Talk a little bit about those. Let's kind of talk about what you did. you know I thought it was an interesting group too, because we had you know five really good young players. We also had four really good adults that really wanted to get good, all single digit, good you know, pretty close scratch. Um, you know one was a hair hire, but like, how did you structure their practice when they were out there, and how did you use combines to help them get better?
2: great question. So I think the combines are really interesting because each player has a different set of expectations based on their skill level, but the combine is so simple that everybody can do it. So let's say a putting combine is what we call 3-6-9, and that's five different holes on the green, and you putt simply a three-footer, a six-footer, and a nine-footer on those five different holes. You have 15 total putts. By from each distance and we know on tour that a three-footer is about 99% a six-footer is about 66% and a nine-footer is a little less than 50 so if you added up the tour averages on those 15 putts you'd get to 10 as a par and so I'll have players do that combine mixing up which putt they start with the breaks all that stuff but they keep score you know they keep track and it's really amazing how many really good players get sixes and sevens on that trail Mm-hmm. And it's not what you'd expect. And then I had one of the kids pulled off an 11 on that drill. That was great. I mean, that was <laughs> the highest score I had. Right. So it was better than better than everybody else. And and that kid wasn't as good as as a lot of those players. So I think people sometimes look for love in all the wrong places in golf. They think, oh, I got to hit it further, you know. But a combine tells you this is where you are right now with your ability to make putts from nine feet and in and you can do it two or three or four times and you could get a pretty good clue as to wow okay I'm not I'm maybe not as good at those as I think I am maybe that's a little more relevant to my scoring than me trying to hit it 15 yards further and then you might get somebody who thinks they're a bad putter and really they're not that bad they just think they should make everything because they don't understand the data and they get tens and elevens repeatedly on that drill. And it's like, hey, look, you're a good putter. You're you're right on the PGA tour average. You're doing great. You know, and that helps them maybe take it easier on themselves and understand they're gonna miss some putts from those distances. So the combines are truth. You know? They're truth. They actually are saying this is where you are. And in a lot of ways, it's really not you don't get that in a, in a golf lesson that often because you're looking at mechanics that maybe aren't very good that kind of work and then the student's like, yeah, but I'm hitting good shots, but you know that's not gonna help them get better or you made a change that's really productive, but they're not hitting good shots and they don't wanna stick with it, but the combine just offers you a chance to see a real unvarnished view of where you are and to work on it and see progress because if you do them all the time, you're gonna get much better at them. It's, it's just that simple. One of the things I told all the kids was I said, look, if you want to get good at something, do it 30 minutes a day for 30 days in a row. (laughs) If you do something 30 minutes a day for 30 days in a row, I promise you, you're going to be a lot better at it than when you started. And it's that consistency that I want to see.
1: Yeah. And and again, I mean, don't you agree? I, I think you'll agree with this, but the majority of golfers that come see us, even the most of the really good ones are high and level ones don't do the same thing every day all the time and, or, or and and or pay what and i i would venture to say that like is you but if you went to the very elite like the top 50 players in the world there's probably a big difference between the consistency of what they do every day versus the people that are 200 in the world
2: I couldn't agree more, Tony. I saw it. I, you know, I'm working with Danielle King and we worked together for years way back in the day when she was winning us amateurs and she's just such a talented player. It's just scary how good Mm -hmm. she is. But one of the things she does that I find really interesting is before she gets on the range every day and in a tour event, whether it's a round that counts or not, and her caddy walks out and puts cones down at 30, 50, 70, 90, and 110 yards. And she always warms up on those numbers and she hits different wedges to each of the cones to give her some different trajectories and feels. And it's just a routine that she does every single day when she practices. And she's remarkably good from those numbers. And it's that consistency of working on her distances with those intermediate wedges that makes her such a great intermediate wedge player it's not a mystery. There's <laughs> no technical thing here. She just does it all the time. And she, she's really good at it. So because she does those numbers, 30, 50, 70, 90, one, if she gets a number that's in between somewhere, she's super comfortable. That's just a little further than my 70 here, or it's a little shorter than my one ten. you know, the winds changing. I'm going to hit this one because I can hit this wedge a little lower to that number. I mean, it seems like such a silly, simple thing to do, but it's that consistency and discipline that makes you great at something.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember um, you know, Rick Lamb, one of my one of the mm-hmm. young guys uh, that I teach Corn Ferry Tour status, and he he's uh, you know he's become friends with from where uh, with Paul Lazinger and I've had the opportunity a couple times to hang out with them at, at a U.S. Open and at a Corn Ferry event. And you know, talking about you know, so Rick does this thing where he 30, hits thirty, forty, fifty yard shots, carries right, and he knows exactly that. And you know, Paul talks about like well, if you know what a thirty, a forty, and a fifty yard shot and how to hit it, like well, you think you know, and it's about like how many times you get that, and and not very many people practice and know exactly how far to ca- how that carries right, but like you think about how many how many times you get it and how many opportunities. That does to save a stroke, whether it's get up and down on a par five for birdie or you've got to punch out and you've got a 50-yard shot. Like Again, though, it's to putting the time in and committing to doing those shots and knowing how far that carry is and knowing what you do. This is Tony Ruggiero, and you've been listening to part of the Tour Coach Podcast here on the Deuce Sweepers Golf Show with Brady Riggs. We'll be right back with more from Brady Riggs, more help for your golf game here WNSP
0: watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough this is the do sweepers golf show on WNSP presented by McConnell Automotive once again your host Tony Ruggiero
1: you know and to me nowadays too with the wide range of launch monitors out there that aren't that expensive Obviously, we use Launch Pro a lot and from Bushdale, but like the, they're easier to practice than they ever have been. Like when you and I were coming up, totally. I mean, and you could do something super simple like put a cone out there, you know, right.
2: get your laser in your hand, walk out, throw a cone down, laser your bag, you know, how far you are. Simple, you know. You can use a launch monitor. You can use Trackman range if your range has it. I mean, there's so many ways to work on simple things like distance, but people generally don't do that. They they are they're they're working on areas that are not going to really fundamentally help them score better. They they're looking for distance with the driver. They're they're you know sometimes I see players out there and they're like, I need to learn how to draw this four Like you don't <laughs> need to draw your four in our lifetime you're not really going to have that situation happen more than three times and if you can't draw it just punch it out and hit it on the green you know like they just they're not working on the right stuff and they don't train it in a way that's productive they're blending mechanics and results they're 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 looking for something that is some magic move in a swing that they couldn't do even if there was a magic move and there isn't one and And it's why people really struggle to score and they don't enjoy the game as much as they could because they're working on the wrong stuff. And I'm like you, Tony, I still love to play and I want to go out and play well when I play. And I know, I know that for me to do that, I need to be more consistent. I need to make better decisions and I need to have a little more control and I can get all those things if I practice the the right way, as much as I'd love to hit it further. That's not going to make much of a difference for me.
1: Well, I mean, you know, another aspect of this weekend that I thought was fantastic was having Zach Zucker there with us. Obviously plays sure. at a high level, playing great golf. Um, uh, Tom Lovelady's been with us a few times. and But uh, uh, Zach's perspective about playing really bad for 18 months to two years and being willing to admit to you and I sitting at dinner – that it started because he was chasing a speed number that he thought he had to get to Mm. and how he realizes now going back to what he did. I mean, you know, he, with technology and the things he hits it plenty far.
2: Yeah, boy, that was a, that was a big conversation. I mean, that just, it was deep, it, it was deep, man. I mean, you just feel, you feel the frustration and, probably some pain on his part that he that he went down that road and also he's grateful that he's coming back on the other side of it now you know and and realizing doesn't need those things but you know I think sometimes players they have to make their own mistakes which is tough to watch especially when you care about somebody like that you know you want him to do well and try and maybe talk him out of it if he would talk to you about it but I think you know most amateurs out there are they're not going to, they're not stubborn about what they need to do. They just need to hear the right stuff, you know, and as, as coaches, we've got to make sure that we're helping them organize their entire golf game from, you know, driver to pre-shot routine, to hitting bunker shots and how to practice and all those things. And if we can do that, they'll play better. They really work, They really will without having to do a crazy amount of technical work on rebuilding something. You know, a lot of them hit enough good shots to score better. If they could just change it a little bit and practice better, man. I, they'd get better results.
1: I would venture to say that, like, most everybody listening to you and I would get dramatically better if they figured out, like, the two things they need to do to hit their good shot, no matter what level they are. And they were very structured, and they just worked on those two things, like you said, every day. And then the rest of their practice and time was dedicated to performance and understanding where their strokes go addressing those and then some sort of practice like your combine orama where it really you know where they're keeping score put some pressure on them there's consequences and it tests them like i think that it, i think that improved performance is way less about improving mechanics and way more about learning to perform
2: All right. I don't think it, a truer statement has ever been said. If you can't do it under the gun, it doesn't matter, right? You've got to be able to do it when it counts. That's everything. And I think you can train that. And I think people don't feel enough pressure when they're practicing, in my opinion. I think they don't put themselves in those situations that are making them nervous. And I try to, I try to make people uncomfortable all the time because if we're trying to change something and you can do it without pressure, and then I put a little pressure on you you fall apart, and you don't own it yet. We've got to keep
1: working on it. Well, And what you said there, too, like you can train it. And, and I don't know that the majority of folks really understand that they can train themselves to get better. Mm. And that the reason they haven't gotten better is because they haven't trained themselves. You know? I, so. I mean, like how many people – do we sit and watch it? Mean, I mean, I mean the range you're at. I mean, you see folks come down. I'm sure, and they hit a ball. They hit another ball. I mean, they just like they're they're exercising, but they're not practicing.
2: No, far from it. They're they're not practicing. I I think it's incredible when you put somebody in a combine, and you see them thinking about it all of a sudden. Right? They're thinking mm-hmm. about the shot, and they're like, and then I'll put a negative. Let's say you can't miss right at that flag or it's minus five points or whatever it is And all of a sudden, you know, they're thinking okay. I got it. Why I don't want to go right here You know, they're never thinking like that on the range usually Mm -hmm. they think that way on the golf course all the time And instead of thinking I want to go left here, you know, I'm going to hit it over there Their normal bad thought processes of I don't want to go there, you know, whatever. I do don't slice it. I'll be here those things are in their head And you can make people crack on the range, even though it's a range. And I think, you know, once they understand that they have to train themselves out of that space on how to think better, how to do a better process, how to commit to something, then they can actually get better on the course. That will translate over. But just hitting good shots on the range doesn't really do it for you on the golf course. If when you get out there, you're only thinking about what you don't want and you haven't really worked on it to know that you can execute under pressure. And I think that's the biggest thing people struggle with and why they can't go from the practice seat to the first tee.
1: Agree 100%. And, um, I mean, I just think that there's so much good info here. And, and you know, helping folks of all and, – and, again, I think – I thought an interesting point this weekend was Mike, the hockey player. I mean, there yes. is, we had a bunch of good players, but, man, there weren't many people that wanted it more than him. Right? You're right. And, you know, I'm always when we have one of these weekends, I always every now and then have this fear like. Did people get enough? Right. Like, sure. uh, and, and you know, he when he I thought it was interesting when he was talking to you, I, I heard y'all talking about like his old hockey practices, how it reminded him of how he was brought up old hockey practices. I know you do. You've coached so much, not only great golf, but a lot of soccer over the years. Yes. Right. And I thought that was an interesting perspective because I do think the way people practice and try to get better at golf and teaching golf isn't necessarily the way people that have been really good at other sports have worked at things and tried to do things.
2: You're right. Spot on. Like that, that, that accountability that you have in a team space. Is usually done by the coach or teammates you know that that they're expecting you to bring it and step up and you're organized in your training but in golf we're all on our own you know nobody's really watching nobody's accountable you know i've coached college golf i did that with my oldest Mm -hmm. daddy as you know for, for six years and i tried to hold them accountable in their training you know i wanted to see that they were doing the work and i wanted them to write it down i wanted them to get the most out of it and i think you know having like guys like Mike around that this guy, he he just wants the info, you know, he's just thirsting for the knowledge and willing to put the time and effort in and asking great questions. And I think if people just had a framework for how they could, they were supposed to train, they'd get better. And I think, you know, a lot of us as teachers probably we teach for the time that we're with them and then we send them on their way and and we just have to do a better job of making sure they understand how to go get better in the, in the vast amount of time that they're going to be spending on their own. You know, if, they, if we don't give them that, how
1: can they get better? And and ultimately, I think that's what folks come to us. I mean, I know there's people that just come to you that chase and speed and all of that sure. stuff. And I, and I, you know, I get, I, I know people get mad at me sometimes, and I'm probably a little bit of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> but like, you, you yeah. can make anybody's speed number look good on Instagram and on a launch monitor, but that yeah. doesn't mean you're a better player. You're
2: right. <laughs> and Zach could attest to that, right? I mean, he yeah. he had that happen to him. He was sitting there further, and he wasn't playing any better. He's playing worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Brady, it's been awesome, man. And First of all, it's just been fun having you come east and hanging out a little bit.
2: <laughs> man, it's great. I love the south, Tony. You know, I love I love being there with you. I always have a great time.
1: I don't have an, have an accent, do I? Stuff. Do I have Not an accent? All.
2: Not at all. Not at all. Not even close. Well, I'm coming out. with Mark down there. <laughs> at Old Palm what a great place I
1: super, super spot we're going to have fun in Philly I'm coming west out to LA mid-August for a few days to do some teaching so hopefully we'll get the chance to have some dinner hang out you're going to be sick of me by, by the time we're done with this
2: that's not possible Tony not possible we're going to have a great time I probably, we might even help somebody along the way
1: maybe let's not get ahead of ourselves it's Possible. Bet, buddy you're the best look forward to catching up in a couple weeks
2: you got it man can't wait